For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up. But what doesn't add up is an additionality requirement for clean hydrogen. Additionality would put an unnecessary and inequitable burden on domestic clean hydrogen producers and have serious consequences for America. America needs clean hydrogen, but an additionality requirement just doesn't add up. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, and good day to you all, and welcome to our monthly episode with Celeste and I on Marketing Magic. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about uh, profitability and service and matching your customers' needs. And you'll see today we'll have a little bit more of a to-and-fro scenario because we've both got, um, as you know, different client types, but we'll be sharing some tips and strategies with you today. So those that are new to the show, um, I'm a marketing and growth strategist specifically for speakers, coaches, and consultants, and my role is to help them amplify their voice their message and their impact. Now, I do that very specifically with content uh, repurposing and LinkedIn conversation strategies. And today, what I want to be able to do is to be able to share with you um, some of the things that I've really failed at and give you some tips and ideas to move you forward to increase your profitability and service. Um, And let me now pass you over to Celeste to introduce herself. Hi, hello everyone, and welcome. Oh, there's a bit of an echo there. Um, my name is Celeste. I'm also a marketing strategist, but I specialize in service providers. Um, and I think today as well, customer service to how that can really impact your profit and how to align your brand to the how you deliver your customer experience. So I'm really excited about today, but also uh, we'll share some do's and don'ts when it comes to uh, customer service from other big brands that you're going to be able to relate. Yeah, beautiful. I'm uh, excited because we've. Uh, I can t- uh, tell from our notes that we always exchange first up that we've got a lot to be able to share with you today. So thank you, uh, Celeste, for sharing that. And uh, as we've all said, welcome. So today I want to actually share with you four uh, four key areas. And those four key areas uh, are really around some tips and strategies to implement whether you're beginning your journey 
in the middle of your journey, but they're all designed to be little incremental tweaks to help you improve your profitability within your business. And the four areas I want to touch on very quickly today will be content. And I know we've covered this a lot, so don't roll your eyes, but I'll give you some uh, new tips and strategies around that, as well as your supporting collateral. Number three will be around nurturing and number four will be around systems because what show would it be without Sally talking about systems? So let me just kick off with my first bit and then um, then Celeste will kick off with her uh, her first uh, element as well. So what I really wanted to talk about is the massive difference that can occur when you get your content right, particularly when you're first starting out is this scenario. Um, And there's two things that I actually see happen uh, quite consistently. And the two scenarios are the fear of giving the good stuff away. And the second uh, scenario is the fire hose method. Now, I've been really good, (laughs) really good at um, the fire hose method. So I'll come back to that one second. So when I'm working with as speakers uh, and coaches and consultants, when they're getting started and they're starting to create their programs um, and their coaching packages, et cetera, they, they sit in a bit of fear, in a fearful space of giving their good stuff away. You know, if I give my good stuff away, I won't have anything to be able to sell. Um, and that's um, sort of more of a scarcity mindset. So my tip to you in this case would be just unpack those elements a little bit further. If you've got seven or five elements in a program, find another three tips or strategies or um, elements that you for each of those um, seven fundamentals or five fundamentals that you have. So my tip is to overcome the fear is unpack what you're already delivering more. And if you need help with the unpacking process, then just reach out because I've got a bit of a checklist that we can share with you around that. So certainly overcome the fear of giving your good stuff away because by giving your good stuff away, you demonstrate your expertise, which actually attracts people to you um, and then they want to be able to purchase from you. The other scenario very quickly is the fire hose. As you can tell, Sally talks very, very quickly and the more excited she gets about things, the more she wants to share. Uh, and sometimes uh, in, my, having, in my experience is oversharing and sharing too much, too fast and too many different things can actually overwhelm and confuse your client. So just keep things really basic keep them structured, which was something I really, really had to learn. Um, So keeping things structured, one and two and three and four. Um, And then also um, use the client's everyday language as consultants, as uh, consultants in science areas, as consultants in leadership. We get very good at our expert language and our expert acronyms, etc., um, but we need to be able to turn those our messages into the client's everyday language. Um, and we literally need to be able to be a sense maker or a translator for them. We need to help them make sense of what's going on in their world, in their language that helps them understand it better, helps to improve their life more so they can have forward movement even without us. So just a quick wrap-up on those. It was around content. Uh, Unpack your inner genius. Don't use the fire hose method. Put a little bit of structure in and use everyday language. Over to you, Celeste. 
That was amazing. I'm I'm glad I get the recordings because I should be writing it down. (laughs) Um, So for me, it's all kind of starts with the brand promise and the brand value. So you create a brand that really revolves around the customer that really is there to deliver a solution and puts the customer first. So and, and it's a numbers game. So I think in marketing, sometimes people get caught up with the, the shine objects that are out there. But marketing is actually about the numbers in your business. So when you're consistent with great customer experience over and over and over again, your brand becomes like is recognized for that. Um, you know, and, and then more customers talking uh, highly about your brand, sharing their experience on social media, referrals, uh, reviews, all of that are going to impact on your sales number. Mm. So when you start exceeding expectations, so one of the things I think, Sally, you talk about content, and I know people sometimes roll their eyes, but they shouldn't because content is one of the single most important things for in delivering your marketing. So... Mm. In your content, if you are, you know, under-promising and over-delivering over and over and over, this is a great formula for success for for your sales. What's happened more often than not is the over-promising and under-delivering. So don't write copy that is promising things you can't deliver because you're creating expectations that are not going to be met. And that's not good for sales. Mm. So get your copyright, like like when Sally said, get that copy that speaks the language um, that your customer is going to relate to, but also be very mindful with over-promising. Oh, I want to make that sale, but that's not. If you're not delivering on the promise, ideally, you actually want to promise something that you know you can exceed their mm. expectations. You can actually, you know that you have systems in place, you have a product or a service that can over-deliver on that promise. That is a a key, a very, very sweet formula to increase sales and and make you more profitable. And the other thing is that when you keep delivering on that uh, customer experience, you retain the customers. So there are lots of studies and researchers out there that found that a 5% increase in customer retention can actually increase your profits by 25 over percent. So, you know, you retain this number of customers. That is actually really good for scaling your business because of referrals, because of people checking their experiences and relating. And also what that does is help convert the next customer because of referrals, we can't underestimate the multiplying power of social media. I have a great experience with Sally. I want to blast. I'm so happy and overwhelmed with the results. I want to blast it on my social media. So now there's a multiplying effect there that Sally is reaching audiences that she didn't have access to before because she's reaching from my networks. And then I have someone else that, so there's a a beautiful multiplying effect as as well there. But what that does is that the opposite can also happen. So unhappy customers can also have a multiplying effect in your business. And that's when we're, we're talking about, you know, really 
looking into the customer's needs. It's about them. Because unhappy customers not only will create this multiplying effect as well, but they will also uh, take a lot of time and money from your business because you have to be managing that. And that is time that you could be selling to a new customer. In my game with service providers, it's even more important because we're actually talking about nurturing processes that sometimes, you know, take six to six months to one year to happen. So we need to keep those people happy for that long to make sure they become fans of the brand because when you're a service provider, sometimes, you know, people take a, a much longer time to purchase your services to to go and become your customer. But never underestimate what a happy customer can do for your business. Mm. And happy customers only happen when you're listening to them and when you're meeting their needs. Yeah. And I, uh, I'll pass it on to Sally, but then I just want to uh, give it a couple of examples. Uh, um, I want to talk a little bit about Apple and Amazon. Mm. Uh, two very massive brands and just how they nail in terms of delivering on customer needs and we know how profitable they are now. Yeah, beautiful. So I, what I've heard there is something that um, I know we've talked about is, is increasing your brand equity and leveraging what you're creating, uh, leveraging what people are seeing and therefore what they're saying about you. Um, and one of the areas that um, I've, I've certainly failed a lot, a lot at and I still see lots of really, really successful uh, people, uh, speakers and consultants not have supporting collateral. Therefore, going back to what Celeste was saying, they're actually uh, increasing the length of the sales cycle, whereas if they had some supporting um, collateral, which I'll explain in a minute, they would have actually shortened their sales cycle because they become easier to buy um, and the timelines are shorter to that buying process. So let me explain what I mean by um, supporting collateral. It's I've seen um, working um, in sort of the speaking arena where I've been the person where people have been coming to me as a speaker saying, hey, I want to be a part of that event. And I'm meeting speakers for the first time um, and they, they come in and meet me meet for coffee but they don't bring anything with them. Um, so they don't have a bio or a one-pager on who they are, what they talk on, or they don't have a white paper that explains how they solve their clients' um, um, problems and how they help their client. And they don't have an outline of what um, modules that they offer or pricing, etc. So we're just having a conversation, and yes, I do take notes, as you see me putting my head down taking notes as Celeste was talking as well, but I shouldn't have to take notes. If you're coming in to be of service to me, as we are with our clients, you need to have um, supporting collateral that makes you easy to buy. Now, in my world, we sort of talk about a white paper. So a white paper is effectively just an e-book that explains who you are, who you serve, their fears and their problems, what you suggest as a solution and the steps of that solution and what, how people can contact you. So it's basically um, a door opener. 
it helps open the door for you to meet with that client or that particularly in a, or a corporate client as well as well as your one-on-one uh, coaching sort of and program clients. So we use a white paper or, a, or an e-book um, to open the door to that sales opportunity, to that sales conversation. Um, so the person's seen that. So when you then meet with them, the supporting the next supporting piece of collateral that you should have is actually um, I'm going to call it a sales brochure, but it's basically a brochure that says, just a reminder, this is the, um, this is the type of client I serve. This is their most problem, uh, most common problems and fears. Here's my suggested solutions and here's the modules that you can choose from. Again, it's a step-by-step process that makes them easy to understand and easy to buy. The next thing that will often come next is um, somebody will say, that looks great, I'm interested in A, B and C, I don't want D and E but I'd like K, which then means you've sort of got to tweak it a little bit um, and often they'll say, can you put that in writing, which is sort of asking for a proposal even though it's a, a co- or a confirmation document. You then need to have a, the, a system in place, which we'll get onto later of course, um, to create a proposal that just outlines, yes, this was our conversation, here are the modules that you were looking for, here's the pricing, and here's some suggestions of how I can actually add some more value. So one of the biggest mistakes I made that made my sales process really slow and really clunky was not having supporting collateral and making sure also that that supporting collateral all tells the same story in the same brand assets, in the same language, which is the client's language, not our geeky expert language, um, that makes us easy to understand and easy to buy because we've translated and made sense to them, hence why I talked about a sense maker and a translator earlier. So that's the easiest way that you can do is provide collateral, supporting collateral before a meeting, during a meeting and after a meeting, particularly if you're a speaker, consultant or coach that deals with corporate or people that buy and plug people into your programs. If you can provide supporting collateral that supports their journey with you, you will make yourself easier to buy Um, And now I'll pass over to Celeste to share some insights with Amazon and um, Apple. Excellent. So just before I get into my little uh, examples, I just wanted to add to what you said in terms of part of this collateral that you need to have to make it easier for the customer to, you know, trust you, get to know a little bit more about you and really understand if there's an alignment between what they need and what you can provide is having a website. So in today's world, especially post-pandemic, when everything had to be uh, migrated on a digital level, um, not having a website is making you lose thousands and thousands each day. So I think part of that collateral uh, assets that, that you're mentioning, Sally, what the website does for you as well is allowing you to almost have that meeting with people you haven't met yet, with people who could be in different states, different places, that have that opportunity to know you better and and really see if there's something for you to offer. So I still get asked today about websites. Do I really need one? I'm opening my business. Yes, you do need one. That's an investment in your business. 
do not see as a as an expense or I'll just delay it, I'll do it later, I'll do after the sales because that will really accelerate your sales. Now, going to Apple uh, and Amazon. So everybody sees Amazon as this big giant now and, you know, and I'm not for a minute um, saying that the the businesses that are watching us and listening to us will will be a lot smaller than what Bezos built. Learn from what they did. So the Amazon just got to where they are because Bezos is obsessed with clients Mm. that's what he wakes up and that's that's what drives everything he does there's this um saying which i'm not sure if it's real or not but i've read it in many many books about him that when he does a board meeting or a team meeting there's always an empty seat at the room that represents the customer that he wants to make sure then nobody in the room forgets why they're there for. Mm -hmm. So an obsession with the client led him to build the systems and the content and the research and the the driver of always putting themselves in the customer shoes Mm -hmm. to deliver the experience and to deliver on their needs. Mm -hmm. We know how that helped their profits. they didn't start where they are today. Ten years ago, nobody knew of Amazon. Nobody bought from Amazon ten years ago. So mm. just have this clarity, and you can start today and see mm. where that leads you in ten years now. Mm. Don't think of the overnight solutions. Don't think of the overnight. Oh, I want my seven figure next month, six, mm. six weeks time. These big guys played the big game. Mm. Amazon did not become what it is today overnight, but they started with the customer in mind. They started and they were driven by customer. Now, Apple, uh, there's a, I've been reading this book from Simon Sinek, uh, the author of Start With Why, Find Your Why. So in his book about the infinite game, he mentions a, a story where he was doing, uh, he was being the speaker of uh, Microsoft and right after he was the speaker for Apple for different things. Mm. And uh, they both, there was many, many, many years ago, and they were both, um, Apple had just launched um, the iPod. Mm. Now, the, the, you know the one that used to have the MP3 player thing? Was the, yeah. yeah we had one of those, didn't we, yeah. back yeah. in the day? Squares. Uh, yeah. Little and for starters, it was not successful at all. Like Microsoft was killing their sales with their product, mm. which was a, a competitive, a competitive uh, product. And Simon Sinek said when he went to Microsoft, the first thing they did was get, get him a freebie of their product. Mm. And they were just so driven and focused on their product, right, mm. on what? how amazing that product was. He went to Apple and he said, oh, when I, and, and Apple didn't give him uh, uh, one of their products as a freebie. And he thought that was weird. And he said, oh, I just spoke at Microsoft. The first thing they did was to offer me their product. And they said, no, uh, we're not offering our product. We're still understanding what the customers need. And we, actually believe that Microsoft has a better product as it stands. Mm. 
we're here to better ourselves to service you. And when mm. we are ready, when we get to that point where we believe we've got exactly what you need, then the sale will happen itself. Mm. So they were focused on the client. They were focused on what is going to be good for that client. Why is it that Microsoft is nailing this and we're not? Mm. They were not coming from a point of, look at us, we're better. They're coming from a point of respecting what the competitor had as an advantage on top of them. Mm. Going back to the customer and say, why? What, what is it that they've got that we don't so we can fix it? Mm. And we know how that worked for Apple. And the, the, the thing that, that those two stories have in common is that the ones who actually sat down and wanted to analyze the customer, wanted to deliver on the customer needs and really had the customer focus, like a front of mind, they are the, the ones winning the game today. That was many years ago, once again, didn't happen overnight. All of these big businesses that we see today made a lot of mistakes before they got to where they are. So, you know, but the one thing that they had in common, Netflix is another example. So if you haven't uh, seen it yet, there's a book called This Will Never, That Will Never Work that talks about Netflix's story and how they started and it was a completely, like, you know, they, they got it wrong a lot of times before they became who they are today. Once yeah. again, one thing they had in mind, customer. Yeah. So yeah. we know that there's a very, very clear alignment between, like, focusing on your customer's needs and mm. the profits you're going to get from it. Yeah. Beautiful. And I think, too, that they're all great examples of failing forward fast or to, or the understanding of, one, you need to be, uh, you need to fail to be successful, and number two, that you can actually learn stuff off of the shoulders of giants. What did somebody else do to be where they are, which is why we're giving you the, the, these examples today? What did they do? Fundamentally, they've all had incremental steps of improvements. They haven't had that overnight leap to success. They've done certain things consistently as a habit on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis that have actually improved their results, which is effectively what we all do. And we see lots of other great successful entrepreneurs do, but we automatically think, oh, they're an overnight success. I remember uh, Maggie Beer, one of our f um, famous Australian entrepreneurs, when she was once interviewed and she said, yes, everybody thinks I was an overnight success. It just took me 50 years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, op the opportunity for all of us is to, uh, to be able to track their journey through st uh, stories, interviews, books, etc., and learn from them, learn what they did or didn't do um, and improve on it and grow from it. So on that note, coming back to one of my own um, personal failures that I wanted to share with you was I was um, with one of my great mentors, which is Jane Anderson, um, and she's an Australian um, speaker and consultant as well. And I remember sitting down with her and her saying to me about my practice and uh, where were my clients coming in from, and I had um, and still do have a very, very strong um, referral-based business, so lots of word of mouth. And she said to me, are you nurturing your nurturers? And I went, mm. oh, no. 
So you actually have a another group of clients, depending on how you want to use that term, that you need to also be looking after. Now, my nurturers, um, it, to, to spell that out further for you, are people that send clients into me, into me. So they send referrals to me. Now, some of these nurturers have been clients, so that makes sense. But some of them have known know the clients that I've actually created good results with. So they've not actually ever been my client, but they still refer people into me. So one of the things that I mapped out uh, with Jane's help was to create a nurture nurturing system. So, and I'll also own up that I am really, really, really crap at remembering birthdays and all those important dates, which is why I have a, a customer relationships management system and I try to put that information in there and I have to even diarise it for my family as well because I'm really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not in the diary, they don't have a birthday, trust me. Uh, and if it's on the wrong day, they have a birthday on the wrong day sometimes too. So this was, a re- this was a, and I've done that too, um, this was a real area of struggle for me um, and, yes, I love systems and I was able to put a bit of a system in, in place but Ultimately and recently, I actually had to um, have somebody help me uh, and support me through this process. So one of the things that I implemented about 18 months ago was to nurture the nurturers that when they send me a referral, um, I actually send them a thank you. Um, And I like the thank yous to be meaningful and relevant to the audience and a bit different and a bit quirky. So I could spend hours trying to find the right thing uh, for them. And I was doing that. And, of course, that was taking a lot of time. And those that know me know I'm fast-paced. I'm always trying to get on to the next thing. So I went, I need to systemize this. So what I did is I created a gift list based on characteristics of my uh, nurturing uh, to nurture the nurturers, so my nurturing clients that I needed to. You know, are they female? Are they male? What do they like? Do you know, are they chocolate? Are they flowers? Are they um, stationary freaks like I am? Do they want quirky stationery? You know, getting a bit of a profile of the types of gifts that they would appreciate, that I could actually make a gift list with a price point list and I could have a Excel spreadsheet with a gift list that I could then say to one of my support team, hey, X has just sent me a great um, a great client. The value of the client was this. Can you send them one of the um, one of the uh, the gift gifts that we've um, that we've got on our list for them at this sort of value? And that made just took the time and effort away, but there was still a lot of care in there. And they got their gift of, and their great big thank you and their big hug from me. Um, in a timely manner, whereas previously it was not in a timely manner. Um, so this was just putting a little bit of system, a system in place um, so somebody could actually help me do this better to take care of those people that were nurturing my business. Now, for those that don't know, there is actually an entire industry out there of people that will actually do and create do have a gift based business that will actually do that for you so if you get a bit stuck there's lots of different businesses out um, there as well uh, both in the states and the u.s that will actually do the gift giving for you and you can help that out um so as i said really bad at birthdays it has to be in the calendar have to have have to have the information in the crm but 
you miss golden opportunities of being grateful and thank you if you don't um, have a system or activities in place to nurture those people that nurture your business. Uh, since I've been doing that, um, the, 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 the depth of the referrals and the, the exponential uh, value of the referrals has dramatically increased because people actually now feel valued for sending clients to me and as they should because I'm very, very grateful of them. I was just not demonstrating it very well because I was too busy and focused. But now I've got a system in place that helps me demonstrate that I actually do value it and as a result I care enough to put a system in place to help um, help me support the people that support my business. So quick tip, support your supporters if you're not very good at it like me, get either a person to help you or put a system in place or get a business that specialises in that to be able to help you that's only ever a phone call or an email away. That's such a, uh, an important tip because I suffer from that as well. We just get busy and our weeks just kind of pass you by. You're just like, okay, it was Monday, now it's Friday. And we know that lots of business owners like us, they don't have like 10, 20 staff behind them to delegate so many things. So having the system, it's almost like having the staff that you can delegate it to because it's giving that information. And with the systems as well, like sometimes you just, if you're the one man running the show and we know that in your case, your customer base like for coaches and consultants, they usually sold traders. Mm. You know, they're running their entire business. Um, and even with the service providers, like when I service, you know, tradies or an architect or an engineer, they, they went solo and you just you just don't have the time. But you can't, you can't underestimate how important these things are for the profitability of your business. Correct. Absolutely. Thank mm. you. You were going to carry on with, with another point or do you want me to jump into another one? Oh, no, you, sorry. No, no, that's all right. So I, should my, have, I should have been a bit. <laughs> that's right. Oh, good. Um, so one of my, the, the fourth point that I wanted to share with you um, and that sort of leads into the system that I created around the nurturing was a bit of a sales um I'm going to call it a sales system, but it's actually not about the sales. It's about creating the time and the focus. Um, and this became an incredibly large um, leverage point because it actually saves a lot of time. It accelerates growth and it really, really gets you focused. So when we were talking about solo uh, solopreneurs, um, and especially when speak in my industry with the speakers um, that are coming up, they've often um, either come out of corporate where they've had support staff or they've had a family and now they want to get back into having their own business and they do their coaching and consultants uh, whilst having uh, family members, so uh, young, young children, etc. So they're often really, really time-strapped. And I often will hear, I'm slammed um, this week, I don't have any time this week, so, and I was guilty of this, I don't, I said exactly the same things, and I thought I was busy, but there's a difference between busyness and productiveness and what you're focusing on. And one of the, um, I was given two, two separate gifts from two separate coaches um, that I actually created into one system. So let me just explain what the first gift was. The first gift was an app 
called xpunch so x-p-u-n-c-h dot com um, and everybody knows that I like my little tech software things. And this is an app that actually helps you track your time. Now, when my coach first said that to me, I was sort of like, oh, my God, you've got to be nuts and this looks confusing. But then I was gifted a secondary gift um, from Nancy Matthews from the Women's uh, Prosperity Network. And she talked about uh, her sister, uh, her system of, um, of success um, and so I've added the two together. So let me explain this. So Nancy's system of success was tracking the elements in her business that make the biggest difference to her business. So if you imagine a circular uh, pie chart, so we're all familiar with a pie, and if you look at the pie being broken into halves, you've got the top half of the pie and that's 25% and 25%. So 50% of the pie divided in two is 25% each. So 25% of what you're doing in a week should be client fulfillment. The other 25% of that half is sales. You, so you should be concentrating on sales activities. Now, the bottom half of that pie is made up of 20% content or creation, we call it creation, or admin. 20% should be marketing focused and 10% should be based on mentoring and measuring. So when I hear uh, and I work often with clients that have got young families and they go, I'm really busy uh, and we know that kids and family take priority but we often forget all of the elements that actually do make the profitability difference in our business, like client fulfillment, like having sales conversations with clients, like measuring the results of what we're actually creating. So that little bit of a pie chart was a really great thing uh, for me to where I first started. So I actually plugged into XPunch um, the tasks because you, you basically map out the tasks that you do on a weekly basis. So I had sales, client fulfillment, uh, mentoring and measuring, marketing and content creation. And then as I started to punch in when I was doing those ac activities or punch out, it then was giving me either a, a, a weekly, I didn't dare look at it in a week, I, usually, I started looking at based on a monthly basis of how um, I was tracking and I could see oh, my God, I didn't do very much sales or very much client fulfillment this week. And it really shifted my focus onto being a strategic business person and being able to see why my week or my sales had been down or why my customer experience possibly wasn't as good as it could be because I wasn't focusing on it. So it really helped me narrow my focus very, very strategically. Now, because I've been using that for a while and because now my goal in my own personal business is to actually buy back some time, so minimise my time because we're in a scaling process and we've systemised and we've been able to put staff on, I've actually changed and tweaked it a little bit more so I can track if I am actually working too many hours or whether I'm actually not. So it actually also enables me to do that. So what I have for my own, um, I suppose, task list at the moment, I'll just read them off because I've got them up here in the corner. I have sales conversation leads and rev revenue generating activities, 
I have admin as a separate because I can, um, when you're growing a business and putting in systems, you can really go down the admin uh, and you're managing staff, you can really, really go down the admin uh, rabbit warren and get stuck there for days. Um, I've then still got client fulfilment. I've still got coaching and mentoring because I both um, receive coaching, sorry, coaching and measuring and I still measure results. Uh, I also have, uh, for me, um, opportunity generating because we're in a growth phase. We're looking at lots of collaborative partnerships, etc. So I want to see and track that I'm not having too many of those meetings and getting too excited by the bright, shiny object. So I'm tracking to make sure I'm not getting entrenched in that. Uh, I also track content and creation, so I want to keep keep doing that. I have systems refinement because just like admin, playing with the systems when you get excited about the results that they create for you, you can go down that rabbit, rabbit warren and spend a whole week doing that and not do the things that actually grow your business on a day-to-day basis. Yes, systems grow your business over the long term but not necessarily on a daily, daily basis. And then I actually have... Two versions of Sally time. I have general Sally time, which means I've just taken the dog for a walk or I actually have stopped properly to have lunch or I've listened to a podcast because I wanted to. And then I have uh, a new version, which we've only just put in this week, and that's called unique Sally time, where I can get back to those things that I used to be really passionate about. And I don't know what they really are at the moment. So I've carved out some time that I'm going to schedule into my calendar where I can lose myself in something to discover what's um, what are the opportunities for me. Um, so mm-hmm. just a couple of extra things there. So I really just wanted to share, you know, a t- time tracking tool to help you re- really realise how productive you are in your business. Um, X punch is that thing and then some um, tasks that you can map out for yourself so you can really see what you're doing that's helping you grow your business. This is amazing and I think everybody everybody that owns a business needs it because owning a business uh, doesn't mean you don't still have all your personal, you know, tasks on it. Everybody needs to do shopping. Everybody needs to clean the house. Everybody needs, you know, uh, kids. Um, if Whether you have or don't have kids, these are tasks that you need to do. You need to put petrol in your car. You need to, you know, go to a doctor and all of these things. And your business can take a lot of your time if you're not, planning like what you did is just so important and unfortunately we don't get to this age where you we're overwhelmed and burned out to start looking at these solutions and actually address the problem it's one of those things that you know you you don't go to the doctor for the checkups but you go if you get sick um and it's the same like when you start realizing you're dropping the ball on certain things um then you're just like, oops, I need to, to look into something to help me with that. I certainly suffer that. Like I I think in marketing, because I'm doing marketing, social media can be a very tricky space um, that can take longer than what it needs to because you get distracted and if you don't have a purpose to be there, um, yeah. it can consume your hours very easily. But also what I find is that, unfortunately, for solopreneurs like us, not you, but like me and lots of your clients, yeah. uh, the tech can be quite tricky. Like, you know, sometimes a link on your website 
can ruin your entire day because you're trying to get it fixed and you don't have the skill set and uh, you know highly important for business you can't have a website um you know off and and i find that happens quite often like with me it was not very tech savvy it was like oh my god this is yeah. you know off now and something happened and then you spend two hours dealing with it and your day passed you by so it's it's a it's a tricky tricky little thing but Surely. I'm talking about websites right. because um, for me, through doing this tracking system, I was having website glitches and a couple of other tech glitches um, as we were building out some of the systems. And I was yeah. actually able to see how much time I was wasting at it over a, over a month period. And I went, oh, my God, I, that's just, I think it was three days collectively, not all at once. Yeah. And I went, three days of my time, I should have just paid somebody. So it actually yes. helped me focus on where I needed to get the support and get things fixed that didn't in, uh, interrupt my time. Um, so that's why I really wanted to share it with everyone today because it was it's just made such a massive difference to my business and where you're focusing on because so many people get so busy that they actually forget to have sales conversations and wonder why they're not profitable. Mm. And also going back to the customer needs, right, mm. um, where is your time being spent actually understanding and delivering on the customer need. Yeah. So it's uh, just one um, final example on uh, customer and keeping customers back, uh, as front of mind uh, to increase your profits. One of the things that I see more often than not is people not putting their details and a phone number that people can reach them and they don't put on their websites, they don't share it around. And I had a few different businesses on us uh, who my agency was building their website and they came to us and said, no, we don't want our phone number there. Mm. Just if people want to get in touch with us, they can fill in the contact form. So I hate to break it to you. People hate contact forms. They don't want to fill them in. If they need you, they want a phone number, they can phone right now and make an inquiry and ask a question and if you can't answer the calls make sure you get back to people once again have a system in place where you can text them straight away sorry i missed your call i'll call you back mm. um but people want to have conversations contact forms are needed yes should you have them on your website absolutely because there might be one person or another who's inquiring on a, a few different businesses and is getting a few different quotes and mm. they might prefer just to, to put a contact form and not have 10 mm. conversations. But that is for the customer to choose how they want to interact with you. And I was really overwhelmed to actually say, to, to hear a customer say, I said, why would you not put your phone number there? Or what if they start calling? And, and I'm thinking, okay, I thought that was the purpose of a business was that clients would call you wanting to purchase from you. So please put your phone number everywhere. Allow people different options to contact you, to get in touch with you. You're there to service them. So be available. Let them choose the way they want to interact and communicate with you, okay? So phone numbers on websites, yes. It's about the customer's need. If they need to talk to you, be available. That's about your sale, right? That's about your profit. 
absolutely. That was just always. I always struggled with uh, people who don't want to share their number in business. I, I just never yeah. understood it. And uh, it's so true. I hate filling out contact forms, and we've just had Peter say here, here. So that was awesome. Thank you, Peter. Um, and that's actually something I wanted to come back to. That supporting collateral people, and I was guilty of this. I actually forgot to put it on the bottom of things. So we, ne you need your contact details everywhere: email, phone number, and websites, etc. As well. Now I know we've got super duper excited, and we're actually, as a result, have actually started to run out of time already. Um, so thank you very much for everything that we shared. I hope we've and uh, giving you some really good gold nuggets and some um, some great tips uh, as it relates to customer service and examples from Celeste. I just really wanted to uh, share a couple of, um, I suppose, a bit of an insight as to next week's show because we've got a little bit of a different show happening next week. I've got Yvonne McLaren coming on who's a dear friend here in um, South Australia. Now, she's a head, neck and um, throat cancer survivor. So she actually had um, cancer in her throat and as a result had to uh, go, transition to a peg um, eating, so wasn't able to eat oral food and she had to, actually had to have a peg um, which is a feeding, uh, basically a feeding tube. Now, she's coming on to talk about the condition which is called dysplasia um, and she's on a quest to help, um, I suppose, in essence, lift, lift the social stigma as it relates to um, feeding tubes in, in, in the public eye, but also to share with people her journey of transitioning from a peg back to oral eating. So she's going to be sharing her journey uh, with us, her story, and basically what she has uh, planned uh, with a new book release coming out, but also how she's really passionate about helping people with eating disorders in general that are using these sorts of uh, facilities to keep them uh, surviving um, and also the social stigmas around it. So it's going to be quite a deep and very, very touching and very inspiring because Yvonne is certainly a very very inspiring person so I really wanted to make sure that the listeners were able to know of that in advance and come and join us on uh, that episode and the quest that Yvonne McLaren has for all of us so um, thank you very much Celeste I just saw you wriggle so I reckon you've got a little bit of a tip or something else you want to share there so let, I'll, let, I'll let you go ahead no, I was actually. It's, it's a very interesting topic. I like it. I like that. Uh, I'll be. I'll be listening. Be oh, beautiful. So thank you very, very much, everyone. I do hope that you have um, gained some tips. I know I do talk fast. It's because I love to share so many tips with you. And Celeste has always got some great customer service tips. So if you're needing any support, whether it's unpacking that inner genius that we spoke about before, understanding your client journey from Celeste or any of those other elements that we've talked about today and you, you didn't catch it fast enough, then just reach out to us via our websites or phone numbers or email and we can certainly support you further in your journey to have forward movement and conquer and be super successful. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you so much, Celeste, for joining us again and we will see you very, very soon. Have a great day. Bye. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I trust you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern for more Success Secrets Exposed.